Schwab Asset Management is proud to support the Inside ETFs podcast. As one of the nation's largest ETF providers, Schwab Asset Management offers insights and perspectives that can help advisors build on their ETF expertise. Did you know that more millennials are choosing ETFs as their investment vehicle of choice? Or that many investors plan to increase their allocation to fixed income, smart beta, and actively managed ETFs? Find out how ETFs can support your clients' goals with Schwab Asset Management's educational resources. Learn more at schwabassetmanagement.com forward slash ETF know-how. Hello and welcome to Inside ETFs, the podcast where we bring the latest and greatest ETF industry perspectives directly to you through in-depth conversations with key thought leaders from across the ETF ecosystem. I'm your host, Douglas Jonas, the head of exchange-traded products at the New York Stock Exchange, the home of ETFs. Now, today I'm joined by Will Rind. He is the founder and CEO of Granite Shares. An 18-year veteran of the ETF industry, Will has brought his energy, his wisdom, and his financial industry passion to ETFs when he founded his own firm in 2016. The Granite Shares lineup is broad and successful, and I'm excited to have him here with us to discuss the markets today. Will, thank you so much for taking the time. Doug, thank you so much for having me. Pleasure. So, Will, I want to kind of start at the beginning, if if I can. You've been in the ETF industry for quite some time. How did how did you get how did you get here? How did it was when you look back at your career? Was there sort of this pivotal moment that said, you know, hey, hey, yeah, I'm going to be in ETFs? Probably the the more the more real answer is that it was uh, right place, right time, and. I say that because I started out in investment banking was my first job out of college. And like a lot of people, you go into a big institution and you get sort of shuffled around a number of different jobs uh, with a view, obviously, to to picking some sort of specialization. But I I did a year and a half. I worked for Nomura, which, um, as some folks might know, is a Japanese investment bank. And did a year and a half there and then decided to move. The culture wasn't necessarily the, the right fit for me. And so I wanted to move and found an opportunity with a firm called Barclays Global Investors. And obviously coming from the UK, and this was happening in London, I was told that this big asset manager that you probably never heard of, one of the largest asset managers in the world. And at the time, I genuinely didn't even know that Barclays um, had an asset management business and obviously was very familiar with them as being a UK bank, but that was that was really about the extent of it. So um, I joined Barclays Global Investors, as it was called at the time, and really had a, had a junior sort of sales position there. Um, and kind of unbeknown to me, um, the firm was working on the, the first ETFs, you know, in the, in the US at the time. Um, and so how it kind of intersected with my career was we started launching the first ETFs in Europe. And, you know, because I was on the sales side at the time, um, I was responsible for selling what was then just a product in the bag of a number of different products, including you know, mutual funds and hedge funds and cash funds, et cetera. And because I was kind of at the coalface, so to speak, I was talking to clients on a daily basis about all the products we had and you know, clearly could see that there was a lot of interest in this nascent uh, ETF product. And so long story short, the group that was um, launching these products um, really internalized and rebranded, if you will, as, as iShares, that became a separate business within Barclays Global Investors. And I was one of the first people to join 
that in Europe. Um, so on the original team, and that's really how it took off. And I've stayed with the product throughout my career since that since that time, really. It's always so fascinating. I love when we talk about some of the career pieces on this podcast, because I know a lot of younger investors sometimes listen in here. And I think it's so, so important. A lot of the statements you made, Will, right, which is here you are, you know, CEO and running your own firm. But in the beginning, you were very open to change. You were open to new roles and, and hey, let me, let my passion drive me and let my interest drive me. And I think that's, that's fantastic. So 2016, you launch Granite Shares for an advisor who, who may not be as familiar with Granite Shares, might be familiar with your ETFs, but maybe not you. Can you share more about the firm? Sure. So at, at its core, you know, what Granite Shares does is um, we, we have to, and I say have to for a very specific reason, um, launch differentiated ETFs. And that, that sort of may sound like a marketing tagline, but it's not really because, you know, as, as most folks will know that are somewhat familiar with the ETF industry, that you know, the industry is dominated by um, a handful of players that are huge, you know, asset management behemoths. And therefore, they, they launch, have a lot of products, a huge amount of assets, but for the most part, the products are fairly plain vanilla, or in other words, are, are quite straightforward and, and certainly cover all the major bases in terms of equities and bonds. So where a firm like Granite Shares has to play is really in those parts of the market where they're you know, certainly less competed than the broad benchmark space, um, the S&P 500s, et cetera, and where you can add value to investors by providing something different. So we we kind of look at it through the lens of what we call high conviction uh, investing, and you know really there are four things that we do kind of within that. So we do commodity funds, so different shapes and sizes of commodities, but everything from physical gold and physical platinum to broad market commodities um, where you're investing in commodity futures. Um, we do alternative income, so that's providing a very high level of income. Um, or an income strategy through an ETF, but a non-traditional in a non-traditional way. So in other words, not from traditional equities or bonds. We have smart meter um, strategies, so providing a different take on large cap equities, trying to exclude losers as opposed to to pick the winners. And then some leveraged single stock products, which are a, a new addition to our lineup, but providing you know amplified expo exposure on individual. Uh, companies, both long and short. So, Will, you're you're focused in a lot of different places, but all very, very unique, right? And you bring a pretty high caliber team with you, right? I mean, you've got some really deep experienced people throughout your organization. Are you looking at the market with with your team and 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 focusing in a particular area? You know, do you look out and say, hey? Uh, it's, you know, it's October 2022. And here's what we need to be focusing in terms of the next product development trend. Yeah, I, th I think, you know, what, what I always say is perhaps a different way to look at it is that it's, it's never ideas that, you know, are in short supply. So we always have plenty of ideas. And a lot of people, I think, you know, think about that or get that the opposite way around, which is I think that, you know, all companies are looking for is that next idea. And you have to think about you know, what is the next the next product to bring out. I think from our perspective, it's never been about lack of ideas. It's really about 
what to prioritize on. And again, you know, coming back to, to the business side of things that we run a business and that means that we have employees, we have revenue, we have everything that goes with that. And so we have to run a, a profitable franchise um, and be able to grow sustainably. And launching funds is expensive. Managing funds is expensive. Um, marketing funds is expensive. I think for us, it's normally really about, you know, other strategies that, that we have still relevant for the market. Um, is there something that really resonates with investors at this particular time? Is that something we can focus on as opposed to necessarily, you know, what, what the next sort of hot product might be? But clearly, uh, you know, it's something that, as I always said, we've never, never really suffered from a lack of ideas. It's just about, you know, what to prioritize at what time. So as we start to close out on 2022, it's crazy for me to even be saying that. What, what do you look out at, at the market and say, hey, here's some of the bigger challenges for investors, for advisors, and maybe here's some ways, whether it be via ETFs or other, um, that, that investors could be managing their risks right now? Yeah, I think, um, look, th this year has been a exceptionally challenging year probably the worst year that most advisors you know may have seen in their career on the assumption that they're managing something that looks and feels a lot like the 60 40 portfolio and so what's the one thing the one accessible trade that's worked this year and that has been long commodities so long commodity products such as our combi just for example which is it's a broad commodity index. You know, think of it like the S&P 500 or something for the commodity world. But that's up double digits year to date in a world where equity markets are down 20, 25%, depending on what index you follow. So I think that's something that's very still very accessible, but yet still underrepresented in clients and prospects portfolios. And, and one of the reasons for that, I think, is that perhaps people have been have been caught a little bit um, by the extent of the downturn and, and thinking that perhaps things will stabilize sooner. Um, but we still have high inflation. We still have high commodity prices. And the supply issues that really were driving a lot of the, the price rises in the commodity market showed no sign of dissipating anytime soon. So I think commodities, I mean, having exposure to, to commodities in a high inflationary environment is something that, that everybody should be thinking about. Um, obviously, it will depend on on uh, each portfolio and everybody's you know, appetite for risk, et cetera. But I think that's something that everybody should be thinking about um, at this particular time. And of course, you can find out a lot of information about all the Granite Shares ETFs and in particular, the commodities ETFs on GraniteShares.com. Will we're heading into year end and one of the biggest topics that I keep hearing at conferences and in conversations is this idea about year end tax planning. It's been a tough market and there's this sort of expectation, if you will, that we're going to see some tax planning and utilization of ETFs as a result of that tax planning could be quite large. Do you do you see it the same way? Are you, are you and your team talking about tax planning and and you know shifting between mutual funds and ETFs as we head towards the end of the year? Yeah, it's something it's something actually that we we would do normally um in the course of a normal year. It's just obviously it's been more challenging, particularly last year when we tried to to do or to look at this particular um part of the market because you know most asset classes you know, to experience um, such significant gains. But, you know, what we're going to see this year, and we've already started to see it in different ways, you know, already this year, but 
is you know people looking to harvest losses if they have if they have losses in the portfolio and perhaps take that as an opportunity to to book those losses with a view to offsetting them against gains or what we try and, and encourage advisors to think about is use it as an opportunity to um, clean up the portfolio maybe move from a more expensive fund to a less expensive fund and and I say that that's more relevant this year than it ever is because you know, I always say with advisors that clients typically don't put any pressure on advisors for the fees um, when they're making money. So when people are making money, typically they're happy and therefore there's there's much less scrutiny on what advisors earn or the fees even in the portfolio. That changes when you're losing money. When you're losing money is the time when you start to think about you know, the cost that you're paying, not just for your advisor, but the, the funds that you have within the portfolio. And you know, certainly we feel a lot of calls and advisors who maybe have an expensive gold ETF um, are looking for an opportunity to switch out in a cheaper one like bar that we offer or broad commodities, again, where they're holding a more expensive broad commodity ETF, um, have losses and looking to switch into something like Combi. Um, and, and that will just go you know, across the board, I think. And there's one easy way for advisors to add value to a client who is upset about losing money or upset about fees. Um, is a way to show that, okay, look, I have taken a look at your portfolio and right off the bat, I'm able to save you some money just by moving um, some of these funds around, getting out of more expensive exposures and getting into cheaper ones. Yeah, it, you know, I, I and this conversation comes up continually and I think tax planning is finally starting to take center stage, but but certainly has more opportunities to run. And I know it's a conversation I'm having in my own household. Uh, it's been a tough year, but is there a way to, to use that to your advantage and, and can ETFs help? Will, is there an ETF in your lineup that you look at it and you say, boy, th th this, this just hasn't had the spotlight or it hasn't gotten the attention that you think it deserves. And, and let's put a little light on that right now. I think for right now, and, and one that I'm I'm focused on, I think people should be paying much more attention to is our um, HIPS ETF, and HIPS stands for High Income Pass-Through Securities. So very simply, the elevator pitch is this is an ETF that is one of the highest yielding ETFs in the market, yielding 10% plus per annum um, at the moment yield. And it does that by investing in a diversified portfolio of pass-through securities. And pass-throughs are a type of security. Think of it as almost like a hybrid between um, a bond and equity to some degree, but they are made up of real estate investment trusts, BDCs or business development companies, um, MLPs or master limited partnerships, and other structures like closed-end funds. But the key is none of these entities pay corporate taxes, so you can automatically start at a higher level of income. What, what's unique about HIPS is it pays a fixed dollar distribution per month, and it pays the same distribution per month. And that's important because that means that when you buy it, if you buy it today, or if you buy it a week from now, or a month or a year from now, that when you buy it based upon the share price, you'll lock in that income when you buy it. And so, you know, you think of a value, or what's the value of something that yields 10% right now? I mean, I would argue it's pretty high in this particular market. And what's interesting is the composition of HIPS. You have some real asset income plays in there because you know, part of the exposure is in against real estate, part of the exposure is in MLPs, which are typically oil and gas infrastructure. 
So I think it, it's really interesting, particular time when, again, goes back to that people are much less now concerned about growth. And, and it, to a certain degree, we used to hear this from advisors um, and a lot of investors in the market, you know, up until the last six months, I would say, where people would prioritize perhaps growth over income with the view that they could turn growth into income if they needed. So if the market, in other words, was always going up by double digits every year, why would you necessarily need or, or focus too much on income when you could always just sell some of those gains and convert that to income? Well, the challenge with that strategy was that, or is that markets don't go up obviously every year. As people are finding out this year, perhaps what's even worse than markets not going up every year is now, if that's your strategy, you're going to have to convert by selling when the market's down the income and there's some compounding losses as opposed to going into a dedicated income strategy. So I think that's something that I would definitely highlight to people who are looking for income. The performance this year has been very good compared against treasury bonds, compared against high yield bonds. And I think a common question we get from people is, is always like, what's the catch? You know? <laughs> and we try and tell people that there is no catch other than clearly the value of the portfolio can go up and down. It's not, it's not a, um, a static portfolio. Um, and so you are exposed to the market risks of those underlying securities. But, you know, look at the performance this year and in, in a year which has been terrible for a lot of fixed income, particularly for, for government bonds and a lot of the high yield sector, you know, performance has, has been very good. So you know, that, that's a strategy, I think, that now people, a lot of people come to us and are looking for income, want to prioritize income, um, want to be more conservative. So that's shoring up the balance sheet or in personal balance sheet, more cash, more income generating strategies. And so I think HIPS is something that, that should be in that mix for consideration. And as a reminder, if you want to learn more about HIPS, you can find it on the New York Stock Exchange's website, etfcentral.com. Easy to remember, etfcentral.com has a great intuitive for free ETF screener, and you can learn a lot about HIPS and the other Granite Shares ETFs there. Uh, Will, if, if an advisor, an investor, they're out there, they're listening in and they're saying, hey, I need to be connecting with you. I need to talk to your team. Are there best sort of practices to engage with the Granite Shares group? Um, not really. I mean, we're honestly, we're not a big firm. And so again, the beauty of dealing with a firm like Granite Shares is that you can just contact us directly. We have a chat function on the website. Um, we have obviously very transparent in terms of phone numbers, et cetera, and emails. So, you know, people can reach out to us very easily and speak to, you know, human beings as opposed to some of the bigger firms where, you know, you might be on hold for hours and hours and never speak to anybody. Um, so that's definitely a big plus of dealing with, you know, a boutique um, firm where you, you, you can speak to us. We're very approachable. And if anyone's got any questions, you know, we're always happy to, to talk people through what we offer and why. And uh, I'll second that, Will. I mean, very approachable. I've even uh, had the opportunity to meet you, your family. You've been here a number of times to ring the bell at the New York Stock Exchange. <laughs> I've, I've got to meet your parents, your wife, your kids. Uh, 
super friendly group and and that goes across the entire granite shares team so welcoming i love the chat feature on the website again that's graniteshares.com uh easy to remember and easy to find now that is, that is a wrap on today's edition of the inside etfs podcast as a reminder you can find this episode as well as many other episodes of the podcast on the new york stock exchange's website etfcentral.com i want to thank you again will for your time for being here to share your insights and some great ideas for advisors as they think about the rest of 2022. Please stay tuned for upcoming episodes featuring thought leaders from across the ETF ecosystem. I am Douglas Jonas, head of exchange traded funds at the New York Stock Exchange, the home of ETFs. Schwab Asset Management is proud to support the Inside ETFs podcast. As one of the nation's largest ETF providers, Schwab Asset Management offers insights and perspectives that can help advisors build on their ETF expertise. Did you know that more millennials are choosing ETFs as their investment vehicle of choice, or that many investors plan to increase their allocation to fixed income, smart beta, and actively managed ETFs? Find out how ETFs can support your clients' goals with Schwab Asset Management's educational resources. Learn more at schwabassetmanagement.com forward slash ETF know-how.